Welcome to the Deep Dive, Emerald City Hockey's Seattle Kraken podcast. How's it going, everybody? Welcome back to the Deep Dive, Emerald City Hockey's Seattle Kraken podcast, presented by Queen Anne Beer Hall. Um, let us know if you've been going to the Beer Hall at all during the offseason. Go watch a Mariners game, something like that. I mean, there's still lots of good sports going on. It's still a great place to go and watch all that good stuff. Um Another, uh, I guess, thing we gotta we gotta promote here, RJ, and that is your live stream later today over on Patreon for all our Terror of the Deep tier patrons. It is the big Seattle Kraken off-season armchair GM stream. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I've been looking forward to it really since even the playoffs started. It was kind of one of my consolation things for whatever the season did end. Is that get to shift into off-season mode, play a little bit of GM getting Ron Francis's shoes here and, and try and see where the Kraken are at right now and what potential moves they could make going into this off season and how it all relates to their calorie salary cap structure. Um, <laughs> not a calorie cap, not on a diet here. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, looking forward to that tonight, seven o'clock PM patrons, please join me for that one. It's going to be a great time. Yep. And even if you can't make it live, the, um, the, the VOD will be available through that same link and everything. So if you, you know, you need to catch it a little bit later, you can hear, hear everything that RJ's got to say and whatever nonsense I'm firing off in the comments to try to distract him. Those, that's also worthwhile. And not just you. Yeah. If you're listening to this and you're a patron, you can fire off nonsense in the comments. Make me try an Eric Carlson trade and see how that fits. Uh, we'll do whatever you guys want to do. It's, it's for you. So, um, I can play around whatever you guys want way to bring that upon yourself rj there i know okay please don't please don't make me do an eric carlson trade yeah but anything else yep um the other big thing that uh want to talk about at the start of this podcast just so you know as many people as possible can hear it and that is that like next week is going to kind of be like when we do our like reflection on the second season of the seattle kraken and we're going to be going over our top 10 moments from the this past season for the Seattle Kraken and just like last off season when we did this we want to hear from everybody else as well what your favorite moment was from the Seattle Kraken season uh so we're going to give out the phone number again where you can call and leave a message and we'll play the messages in the um uh, in next week's podcast, uh, I think we'll probably also put something out on uh, social media so people you can know, just jot down your favorite moment or whatever. But uh, I had such a fun time doing this last season, RJ, hearing everybody's stories because, you know, look, everybody has like a different thing that really stuck with them, a, a moment that was a little personal. But I think when we all get together and we all share those things, it, I mean, it just shows like how... Uh, impactful the Kraken can be how how much fun sports can be and impactful sports can be and all that good stuff so I'm really looking forward to that oh me too and there's so many different versions of the season that we all saw look it was kind of the same 82 games plus 14 playoff games but there are thousands of different perspectives out there and what people remember and what sticks with them and how they all experienced that moment and that's something that really stuck with me after last season when we did this and so many more great moments this season to talk about as well. Uh, much more successful season for the Kraken on the ice. I mean, I just can't wait to hear what everyone has to say. Yep. So uh, you've got the number, RJ. Let's go ahead and give that out. And we'll probably give it out again at the end of the podcast, too. All right. So share your favorite Kraken moments this season. Call us at 425-243-7053. One more time, that's 425-243-7053. Awesome, and I got the 
the screen up with it as well for for everybody and yeah you know call us um last year we got a decent amount of people so probably limit it to just your favorite moment uh because we'll also have like the social media ones and everything and then uh yeah it's it's gonna be a, a fun time we had so much fun last year everybody had a fun time with it last year so really looking forward to that um but now i guess we can move on to uh to news rj to, to some quick yes, hits can. here with some with some fun news and i think the place we got to start with is Coachella Valley Firebirds moving on to the AHL finals in their first ever season, RJ. They, they, they did away with the Milwaukee Admirals last night. Uh, I believe it was a 3-1 victory for them. I mean, this team's unstoppable. They just keep going. It sure seems that way. And, I mean, hey, we saw how unstoppable they could be in game two of that series where we were lucky enough to go out to Coachella Valley. We talked about it at length last podcast. So if you want to hear more about that and you didn't catch last week's episode, go check that out. We talk all about the Firebirds and what all the special things that they're doing out there in Coachella Valley. But they keep the run rolling here with a, a victory in six games over the Milwaukee Admirals. Uh, good back and forth series. Like Milwaukee, mm -hmm. they made it a series to their yeah, credit. They did. Coachella Valley came out, won the first two games, but Milwaukee took advantage at home, winning the next two. Uh, but Coachella Valley responded, winning that one in Milwaukee. And then again, at home for game six, it was a sellout. Looked like an awesome crowd there. And they are heading to the Calder Cup finals in their first ever season. And I it just think, I know how much we talked about the Firebirds last mm -hmm. week, but it really, it really bears saying again, this is one of the most incredible stories in all of hockey this year. Yeah. In all of sports, really for a team in their first season who didn't even start at home. They had to be in Seattle, based in Seattle for the first couple months of the season, playing their games out of, out of KCI, where yes. I play my beer league games. You know, a couple at Climate Pledge Arena. Like this team, they had to go through so much of just getting started and everything. We saw how big of a negative impact that had on the Kraken in their first season. Mm -hmm. Just the fact that everyone was kind of coming together and scrambling and everything. And like everyone on the team talked about how difficult it made for them. That made that for them to just win games and to right. be like a normal team. The Firebirds are just going right through it. I mean, it's, it's yeah. been no problem for them being one of the top teams to the regular season and having this playoff run. Uh, it's just a remarkable story. It's the magic of Disco Dan, RJ. I, I mean, that's the I can't whole, argue with that. It's all we can say, uh, right? Him and the coaching staff and the incredible job that they've been doing. But yeah, I mean, you didn't mention it, right? They got to start off the season up in Seattle, all that stuff. Go on a really, really long road trip while things finish up before, I believe it was December 18th that they finally mm -hmm. got a home game in their home of Aquashire Arena out there in the desert. Um, yeah, it's just been remarkable what they've been able to do. It's, you know, again, it's a shame that um, the AHL maybe doesn't always get a ton of coverage. Obviously, you know, Stanley Cup Finals going on right now. The NHL world's kind of glued to that and everything. But it's a, it's been a remarkable story. I, I do think that, you know, maybe later in the offseason we'll start seeing more national focus on that story and we'll, we'll start seeing some pieces from it. Um, but I, I, I just think it's been incredible. And what a great job that this group of guys has been able to do also. Like the leadership, you know, not just from the coaching staff and the organization and everything, but also the leadership on the team and everybody coming through. You're talking also about the fact that, like, their, their number one goalie, Joey Decor, right? He's been having to go up 
and, and play with the Kraken at times and come back down and all and all over the place. They get uh, Chris Drieger when you know his rehab was finally in a place where he could go down there and start playing games for them. Um, other call ups up and down throughout the course of the season, right? And Ty Cartier and his growth and development there over the course of the season, then coming up to help the Kraken in the playoffs just to come back down and help the Firebirds <laughs> finish off what they're wanting to do. Uh, here and try to win that Calder Cup. So it's it's been amazing. You look at the playoff, you know, top five scorers so far for the playoffs in the AHL are all members of the Coachella Valley Firebirds. You know, need to mention the fact that it's, you know, partly because they've just played more games. Uh, but you look at, you know, like guys like Colin, Max McCormick, right? Alexander True, Cameron Hughes, they've all been great leaders. Players like Riker Evans, who we hope to see with the Kraken next year contributing as well and being a big deal so it's it's been fantastic what they've been able to do and so yes they're going on to the AHL finals Calder Cup finals here going to be facing off against the Hershey Bears Hershey Pennsylvania Mm -hmm. uh so game one is going to be Thursday June 8th so in just a couple days here they're going to get going and um the Firebirds are going to have home ice advantage but reminder home ice advantage in the AHL because of Travel expenses and everything means games one and two will be in Coachella Valley and then games three, four and five, if needed, will be in Hershey before then games six and seven would come back to Coachella Valley. And we saw this in the last series, RJ, against the Admirals, Coachella Valley able to jump out to that two nothing series lead. Then you got to go, you know, on the road. And the fact that there's three games there. That, that team can really build a lot of momentum having three games in a row uh, there. So uh, it's going to be interesting. Hershey's a good team. Obviously, they've made it here from the East, Eastern uh, Conference, but I'm super excited about this one. It's going to be a great series. And I like this was pointed out by uh, Paul Buxton on Twitter yesterday, talking about how this is the newest versus the oldest team in the AHL the Firebirds brand new this season totally new to the market yeah uh whereas the Hershey Bears I mean they've played in Hershey uninterrupted or renamed or moved since 1938 they've also won the most Calder Cups so I mean they're the oldest most storied franchise in the AHL versus the brand new franchise and I love that storyline for this series uh it's gonna be really fun Oh yeah, no, that's gonna be absolutely fantastic. Is is Hershey still the Capitals AHL affiliate? Uh, I I believe so. They were last time I. You know, I'm looking at their. Checked. I'm looking at their roster right now, RJ. Oh my gosh, there's some fun names. If you've been a a hockey or a draft fan for the last. 10, 15 years or so. There's some incredible names on here, including their goaltender, Zach Vicali, and uh, defenseman mm-hmm. Dylan McElrath. Boy, these are some names that have taken me back to some to some drafts oh, yeah. from years past <laughs> right there. <laughs> oh, that's oh, for sure. Stuff. I'm looking at their roster now. Yeah, we've got uh, oh, Connor McMichael. Yep. Or from that uh, 2015 draft. Yeah. Good it's prospect a... for the Caps and Hendricks Lapierre. Yeah, this is definitely yeah. the, uh, the Caps. Caps. Yeah. So there's some, there's some good stuff going on with their team too. They are a good team, um, but yeah, you know, good good luck to the Firebirds. I mean, they the way they've been playing so far this year, it's not like they need it, but we'll give it to them anyway. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Looking uh, forward to that series. Yep. All right. So now shifting gear to the Kraken and the news related to the Kraken. Obviously, a big part of last week's podcast, RJ, was guessing what the mystery press conference could be the following day. Um, oh my gosh. And we, we had lots of fun ideas. And then I think we, we kind of settled on what it ultimately ended up being. And that being the announcement of an extension for general manager, Ron Francis, obviously super well-deserved something. I think we're, 
universally everybody's on board with and happy about. Uh, so why don't you go ahead and, and give the, the details that we know about that, RJ. That's right. So, yeah, we joked uh, last week that, okay, we figured it out. That's what kind of makes the most sense as an extension for Ron Francis. Turns out that what it, that's what it was. No big surprises there. I know there was some speculation that maybe there would be some other kind of element to it, whether that be an extension for Hackstall or whether that be, um, you know, maybe Francis being promoted to, like, president of Hockey Ops and, and Bottrell being named GM. Glad it wasn't that. But, <clears throat> excuse me. But uh, yes, Ron Francis given a three-year contract extension. So that'll start next year. So he had one year left on his current deal. So that'll take him through 2026, 2027. So through that season, he is extended, got the GM locked up long-term. We were both talking last week saying we hoped that that's what it was. Yep. Uh, and turns out that's exactly what it is. Um, it's a it's a big move for the franchise, the GM. I mean, you know, you look at how the Kraken operate too, especially he's big for the culture. Yep. Ron Francis, it really does operate from the top down. And yes, it starts with ownership, but Ron Francis in all hockey aspects, I mean, he's the decision maker, he's the mm -hmm. guy. And so it's important to have someone like that locked up, especially when he's doing such a good job. Um, share some quotes here from the, from the presser, starting with Todd Lywicki right off the bat, just saying, hopefully Ron finishes out his career here. So, I mean, obviously that's, you know, that, that expresses the desire of the team to have him around, certainly long-term yeah. and hopefully continues on this positive path. Um, but yeah, a lot of confidence in him there. Um, let's see. One thing that stuck with me too was uh, you got some kind of stories from Laiwiki and from ownership talking about Ron Francis and everything he's brought to the team. And, you know, you get a lot of the same kind of canned answers about, you know, the culture and how important it all is. But I like this one from um, from Todd Laiwiki saying Ron was instrumental in our facilities, the locker rooms, Coachella Valley. There was a weekend where the drawings he got back weren't what he liked. He sat around the living room table that weekend and they redid it. Wow. I thought that was really cool. That is really cool. And it does show how involved um, Ron Francis was and, and has been throughout this entire process. And, you know, that's partly why, you know, when we were speculating on what this could be last last week, RJ, we were trying to figure out like what the contract was. Okay. Makes sense for like an expansion team, five year kind of deal. And that would include, you know, there was a lot of time before the Kraken were the Kraken back when it was just NHL Seattle expansion team, uh, where Ron Francis was around, he was hired and there was a lot of work that needed to be done. Like, I, I think it's, it's easy to forget how much needed to be done. RJ and and it's easy yeah. to just focus in on well he needed to you know build out his staff right he needed to hire some assistant GMs hire scouts build out that network build out the you know the coaching staff build out all of the all the personnel aspects of a front office and and hockey ops and all that stuff but it is why wouldn't you want this Hall of Famer to be involved in the decision making for what the players he's going to be trying to sign and bring in and draft and develop is going to be involved in and and you know someone who's smart who's been around the sport for a very long time uh, who's kind of seen it all it totally makes sense that he would be involved in all of those other aspects as well uh, building out what you know your practice facility is going to look like what sort of training stuff they're going to have all of that stuff um, and so I think that it just shows I mean we know the Kraken 
do fantastic in all of those things in all those ways we hear it from the players hear it from everybody involved um and i and i think it's really cool that now we get to kind of you know more definitively pin some of that on ron francis in a good way right like i think that that's always good and i think it just shows how instrumental he's been to all this and how for you know a very 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 long time anything having to do with the seattle kraken you know, you're going to be able to point to Ron Francis as the as the reason why it happened. And again, I mean that in a good way. I'm not I'm not saying like, oh, when things go down, it's his fault or anything. <laughs> no, it's it's because everything has ended up so well. The fact that this franchise has started off the success that they had season two, but also just how happy all the players are to be here. The the positive reputation league wide that this team has already developed. Like, I never thought we would see something like that, RJ. Two years in and you're hearing players from all over the NHL talk about it and the stories they've heard from people there and, and everything like that. And it's not just like, oh, the weather's good, right? Oh, no, it's like this organization is solid to take care of everybody, all that. It's all good stuff. And so um, I'm really happy to kind of hear that Ron Francis was involved in as much that he as he was and that he's going to be staying around to continue to be involved. Yep. And and funny enough, the weather's good is the one thing you don't usually hear, to yeah. be honest, from the players. Yeah. It reminds me of Finland. It's usually the <laughs> highest praise that the weather will get. Um, didn't know it would rain so much here. Yeah. Uh, things like that are what you usually hear from the players. But, I mean, i got to echo everything you, you just said about Ron Francis, too. Like, when he arrived, a lot of this stuff wasn't even built yet. Yeah. You know, the facilities, everything that always gets praise from the players. And for him to take that hands-on approach uh, is just huge. And you know what? It helps him do his job. Yeah. He's the one at the end of the day who has to try and attract free agents to get players yep. to re-sign extensions or whatever. And you know what? If they're happy with the facilities, if they're happy with the locker room, if they're happy with the weight room, if they're happy with all that stuff, they're more likely to stay and maybe more likely to take a little bit of a hometown discount too. Mm -hmm. So it does pay dividends for him in the long run uh, as well. Yeah. Um, uh, some more quotes here from, from the press. There wasn't a whole lot in terms of, you know, like news or, or quotes or insights. That one was kind of the biggest one that I saw. Uh, some funny ones here. The biggest uh, Francis was asked what the biggest thing that surprised him about this job, and he said, "COVID." Didn't see that one coming. <laughs> Touche. Very good. Very good. Yep. Surprised us all. Um, and uh, Liwicky here joking around, you know, in talking about meeting Francis for the first time, he said, "My first move was to shake his hand. My second was to ask for his autograph." That's <laughs> is good. That is good. So that that worked out. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, he was asked about free agents, you know, and the negotiations there, you know, wouldn't tip his hat or anything. Just said, oh, well, you know, we'll, we want to wait, save it till the end of the season. Now we get to work, you yeah. know, things like that. So not, not a whole lot new uh, from that presser, but yeah, three year, uh, three year deal for him. Um, actually, I guess one thing that did come from it, and this was, I think, from a radio hit later that, uh, that Todd Lightwicky did on, on Sports Radio KJR. But he did hint at something potentially interesting that I wanted to talk about. Mm -hmm. He said, "We're making a big, uh, we're making a bid for a big tournament. I'll leave it at that." Yes. So Dylan, yeah. big tournament. Yeah. What could that be? I mean, I well, assuming it's hockey, right? <laughs> I, I would think so. Gotta yes. Gotta stick with that. I just, you know, just saying. Um, big tournament. I mean, earlier in my mind, maybe it's just because I've been focused on this because it's been happening the most recently was the Memorial Cup and maybe like partnering mm -hmm. with, you know, the Thunderbirds or something like that to, to try to, um, get the Memorial Cup, uh, to Seattle. Uh, but then you had options that sound better and more realistic to, probably <laughs> for, for, uh, a climate pledge arena and all that. 
So I was thinking the first thing would be the World Juniors, World yeah. Junior Championship, of course, for uh, you know, like international hockey under under twenty World Juniors. Yep. Um, and I believe the U.S. is supposed to host it in twenty twenty six. I did read that somewhere. So that might be the year that they're targeting mm -hmm. uh, to host the World Juniors, which I think would be amazing. That would yes. be my chosen tournament like the world juniors is awesome love watching it every year and, and to have it hosted in seattle would just be awesome we need to get you up here for that 100 percent, yep. dylan we would both be going to every game yep um and uh, yeah that'd be super fun uh, other options potentially uh the frozen four so the mm -hmm. the college hockey you know championship tournament there um and i was thinking that kind of sounded odd for frozen four to be in a you know market like seattle but then i realized oh they've been having it in tampa yeah uh, beforehand so I, I would just kind of tend to think of it as a northeastern type of you know tournament that they would usually host there but uh yeah i suppose that'd be possible uh for seattle the other one would be the the men's or women's world championships mm -hmm. um you know could be an option there i mean those happen although you know the, the trouble with that is those tend to happen you know while the Playoff Cup playoffs are going yeah. on and uh you could have some scheduling conflicts there if the kraken are in the playoffs so i think that one might be less likely um but uh, sign me up for the World Juniors personally. Yeah, I mean, and again, that happens during the season. It would, if the World Juniors was to happen in Seattle, it would probably mean a little bit of an extended road trip for the Kraken, which you know, it's maybe not the greatest thing in the world. But I, I the World Junior Championships is just, it's the best tournament in hockey. It just is. Like, there's, there's nothing that even comes close to it. Um, you are guaranteed to see the next generation of star players in the NHL. Uh, they all go through there they all play in that tournament i mean just everybody i i remember growing up and watching that tournament i still watch it every year as much as i possibly can and just every player that we watch in the nhl now all the top players i remember you know watching them at the various tournaments and what they were able to do um i i still think the biggest like one where it was just like this guy just absolutely dominated it. And it was this moment where I was like, okay, this guy's going to be a legit NHLer who's going to be the top of his position for a very long time was actually Andre Vasilevsky. Um, mm. I'm space. What, what tournament would that have been? Cause he was in the 2013 draft class. So it was probably, it might've been the 2013 or 2014 tournament. Um, but I remember watching him with, uh, with the Russian team and he just, he won that tournament single-handedly. He had like some ludicrous save percentage. Like it was just, he was absolutely unbeatable. His positioning, his reflexes, everything, glove and blocker, like you couldn't beat him high. And I just remember going, okay, this guy's going to be a legit NHL force for a very, 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 very long time. And sure enough, he has. And there's other examples too. I mean, I remember watching that same, that's, uh, that same draft class, right? Nathan McKinnon. Uh, at the World Juniors, uh, Sasha Barkov at the World Juniors was watching him play in the Stanley Cup final. Now Seth Jones is at the World Juniors too with that <laughs> Team USA that was really trying to ride that defensive core. I remember. Um, I mean, there's just everybody has gone through that tournament. It's such a big deal tournament. Um, there's uh, you know anybody is it's it's incredible to watch every year. Um, the the passion and everything that's on display. And one thing I like about it, RJ, unlike maybe mm -hmm. the Olympics sometimes or the World Championships and stuff, Canada doesn't always win. They've won a little bit yeah. recently, but like 
this is the time where a lot of times you you can see there isn't just you know blanket Canada's guaranteed a spot in a gold medal game, and I think that that's a lot of fun too. It's it's one where you can really see different teams win. You'll see you'll see Sweden win, you'll see Finland win, you'll see Russia win, you'll see the U.S. win, you'll see Canada win. Everybody can get in there and and get something going, and that's another thing that I really really like about it, RJ. Yeah, that makes it really exciting, and especially, too, when it's hosted in, in other countries. You know, like, in, when Finland hosts, you know, they always seem to have a good team. Yep. Sweden, same thing, you know. And, and I love seeing how excited they get over it. My favorite World Juniors uh, moment was probably uh, Kasperi Kapanen's winning yeah. goal in overtime for Finland in the tournament hosted in Finland. I've never seen a country, a host country, more excited to win. And, yeah, throwing Canada, too. Like, I, that's just the, the peak for me was that game, a crazy game uh, of Finland versus Russia. That's the one that always sticks with me. Um, but to have more memories like that made in Seattle at Climate Pledge, yeah, oh, I I I need that. I need to see that. <laughs> yeah, and for and for the U.S. too, right? Because it's been a while yeah. since I think the U.S. has hosted it, and um, it's it's one where USA the development programs and everything that USA Hockey's been able to do have gotten so much better. I mean, we're going to see. You know, several players from that probably picked in the top 10 of this year's draft. We've seen that the last couple of years. You know, see what Team USA could do on U.S. soil would be pretty special, too. Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, I think Climate Pledge already, what was the record that they set? Most attendance for a highest attendance for a, a women's hockey game yeah. uh, in the United States. And that was, you know, the USA versus Canada mm-hmm. game. I mean, Love to see what they could do for a World Junior, you know, USA yep. versus Canada matchup uh, or any of the USA games. I'm sure it would just be packed for, for yeah. all the Team USA games. Yeah, no, it would be it would be really, really special. It's a phenomenal tournament. Definitely recommend it and, you know, recommend watching it. It's always right around Christmas time. It seems to start like day after Christmas almost every year, it seems like. Um, but we had a lot of fun. I mean, we remember watching Shane Wright this past one and talking about Shane mm-hmm. Wright. I remember bringing in the videos for the Prospect live streams over on Patreon of what Shane Wright was able to do with Team Canada this year. And yeah, I know T- Team Canada this year was like broken good, but uh, I promise they're not always. There's always hope. <laughs> <laughs> There is. There is always hope for sure. And I, I remember even this year with Canada, there was some hope that teams might take them down. But yeah. uh, they were so they... good. Again, with, and seeing how excited they were after, you know, Connor Bedard lifting the trophy, Shane Wright sneaking up behind him. Yes. <laughs> you know, going to go ambush him. It's yes. great. But yeah, and it's one of those where, you know, also with, with how the Seattle Kraken draft and develop players, RJ, almost guaranteed there will be a Kraken prospect or two in that 26 tournament. Oh, for sure. For sure. Yeah, no, we'll, we'll see some good Kraken prospects there as well. I mean, that'd be a good time to you know see him up close in such a big tournament. Mm-hmm. I, you're getting me too excited for this. I know. Yeah. I want to I go cover this tournament right now. We got to <laughs> wait three years. Yep, yep, I know. We got to wait. Um, we don't have to wait as long, though, for something else, RJ. And that is the NHL, is it still the Discover Winter Classic? I, I, yes, yes it, it is. is or the winner look classic. at the logo too the discover is very prominent oh, on. we're gonna get to the we're gonna get to the logo here in just a second rj okay um but yes at the at his state of the union address rj uh gary bettman unveiled the the logos and where all the events the the big games for the league are going to take place over the course of this next year which did give us our first look at the winter classic logo for 2024 which will of course be held uh in seattle over at t-mobile 
yes. Yep. Okay. T-Mobile Park. Very Again. good. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's just not what I remember going to. I just can't no, remember. I know. And, keep track of them at all. So many media members still still refer to it under the old name. Well, and it's sure. still like it's T-Mobile Arena for the Golden Knights right now, right? In Vegas, is that still yeah. T-Mobile? So it's like all over it the is. place. It's it's. Oh, oh, we'll get to that. What does that mean, RJ? As Vegas is the team coming to Seattle to play, does that give them some sort of home ice advantage? Because they have the corporate mm. sponsor. Interesting. Will they get better wireless service? Will they get better connectivity? I don't know. Um, well, here's one thing we do know, RJ. We know what the logo is, yeah. and we know what everything means because the NHL provided us with this handy reference chart. All right. So I got the logo up on the video version of this podcast. I'm sure everybody's probably seen this by now. You might have even seen the the, the little breakdown that I'm going to talk about, RJ. But uh, I love I love this breakdown from the NHL. They, it's clear they put a lot of time and effort into this one. And we're going to get to the things that we want to see at this Winter Classic and stuff here in just a second. But I got to talk about this. All right. So the, 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 the logo incorporates, RJ, a compass, uh, which serves as the primary holding shape. It's a directional compass with the needle pointing to the Pacific Northwest. So, solid. Yep. It's yep. pointing in the right direction. Good. They've, they've gotten that right. By the way, you can find this too if you just go on our, our Twitter or Instagram. Instagram. Scroll yeah. down a little bit there. Um, we tweeted it when it came out on June 3rd, I believe. So just scroll down that far. You can pull this up yourself if you're just listening to this audio-wise and want to take a look at it. Yep. Uh, there's a nautical rope going around it, which uh, visually highlights the city's rich coastal history. So there yep. we go. Yeah, that's good. that's solid. Although when I posted this on Instagram too, we had several comments like, "What coastal history? <laughs> like, <laughs> do you know? Are, are you you know where we are? <laughs> know, you, know, you know what Seattle's like I wasn't next sure how to, to respond to that? Yeah. Um. Uh. I like that. I mean, you love this, right? Because you love typography, right? Like that's your mm-hmm. that's your jam more than anybody else I know. Uh, custom font features an evolution of the emblematic winter script. Uh, with a waterline illustration encased within the classic lettering. I mean, do you care to comment on that? Um, it's cool. <laughs> I won't sound like a typography winter. expert there. <laughs> yes, I know. With the, the winter font. But yeah, the, the waterline uh, within like the classic below it. Yeah. yeah, you can see a little a little waterline there. It's just the, the subtle things that yeah. provide that extra little bit of depth there. You yep. Know, water. Well, I, I was gonna say, I was gonna say, you're getting to the final quadrant that they talk about here, which is water, representative of the waterfront that surrounds Seattle. The numerous piers have become a unique element of the city's character. They they sure have. We did it. Um, <laughs> yep, they did it. They they nailed it. You know, they they looked around. They realized, yes, we have water. Yep. We have a lot of water. <laughs> there's piers. <laughs> there's a coastal yep, the history. Piers. And um, yep. com- compasses can help you find it. <laughs> they, they sure can. Maybe not a compass. I, mean, I do like, I mean, they, they did mention the piers. Look, they, they, they know what they're the talking pier. about. Yep. They have all the piers along the waterfront yep. all the way up to, I mean, I, I always like going on my on my walks or rollerblades past Pier 86, the grain terminal, all <laughs> yeah. the way down through. <laughs> what is it? The one pier? everyone thinks about when they think about the piers in Seattle. That's yes. probably the least famous of all of them, but 
That's my favorite. You know what? Pure 86 grain terminal and all the ducks that hang out there just trying to get the, the loose grain. The Pure 86 grain ducks, they're my favorite. Yep, yep. Where are they in this? They just need to add one of them floating on the water at the one bottom. Of the grain ducks in there. Come yeah. on. Come on. That's 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 what RJ wants. Someone wants to handle that with uh, Photoshop. We'll send it RJ's way. Um, but it's still good. It's, it's fun to have a logo, RJ. It's just another healthy reminder that, hey, this is happening. It's going to be a fantastic thing. Super exciting excited that Seattle gets to host this. I think it's going to be a great game, um, especially after the way these teams have been playing and everything. I think it's going to be a lot of fun, which got me thinking, what do I want to see from it? And we did kind of talk about this back when it was like originally announced and we floated some ideas, but I, I've got a couple more ideas that I kind of want to bring up here. Um, so do you want my like, do you want the, the like kind of slam dunk? I really think this will happen idea first RJ or the more like in-depth fun like, you know, I might need you to kind of guess or help me decide on on some elements of it. Idea. All right, first. I'll start with the slam dunk one. Let's let's get that first. Start strong here. Yep. What definitely is going to happen? I think that the Stanley Cup has to be present at the Winter Classic in Seattle to help honor the fact that Seattle was the first U.S.-based city to win the Stanley Cup and educate some of these national fans that act like, you know, oh, Seattle hockey history is just whatever uh, on that fact and the fact that Seattle does have a rich hockey history that extends back over 100 years and that we were the first city to win that Stanley Cup so that when they jump on us uh, come next postseason or anything, they're not going to just be like, oh, you're just all new to hockey, you don't know anything, blah, 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 blah. It's like, yeah, I mean, we know a little something. You know, those of us that are 110 years old, remember the Metropolitans winning. <laughs> That's right. That's there you I'm, go. I'm sure plenty will be at that very game. And, uh, uh, <laughs> yes. Well, I was going to say, there, uh, there's going to be more elements of that in just a second. That's part of the secondary okay. thing. But the, I think the Stanley Cup should be there for that reason. And then I also think, like, you know, Vegas is in the cup final. They're up 2 nothing. Well, I was right going to say, is it going to be complicated or kind of ruin that concept but everyone will just assume oh the stanley cup's here because vegas is the stanley cup champions that's what i'm worried about and that's why i think it needs to be encased in some sort of um you know white red green metropolitan something or other you know what get like okay. skin it to like reskin the stanley cup like metropolitan sweater. well hang on the stanley cup didn't look like that when the metropolitans won, no did it? it did not it did not no it definitely didn't have the big rings at the bottom it was still just I believe it would have been the, the, the cup at the top and then the one bowl under it would have been the, the one ring right. kind of set up under it. Can we, can we make a was. version of the cup that looks as it would have looked when the Metropolitans won it? I was going to say, look, the NHL can do that. Like, they have the power to do that. I think the only reason they don't is because of, like, how iconic this look has been. Um, but I do wonder if they could bring, like, a replica version of it yeah, or something bring a, from the, the time. Thing. It would be like, a replica version. You put it time. next to the Stanley Cup as it is now. Yeah. And you kind of show the progression, especially with, look, one team, you know, with the Seattle hockey history, and they won this Stanley Cup as it was. Yep. Right next to it is the current Stanley Cup that the other team on the ice has just won. Yeah. I think it'd be kind of cool to go side by side. Yeah. And it would also be cool because I for the for the winter classic do they have like a, a hockey hall of fame kind of traveling component to it do you know because they, they will for some know. league events they should. yeah i think they absolutely yeah. should and it would be awesome if a, as a part of that they brought um you know the part that that 
of the Stanley Cup that they have at the <coughs> Hall of Fame that has the engraving for the 1917 Seattle Metropolitans. Like, I think that that would be cool to, to bring that part of it. It's not necessarily, it's not really on a full ring. It wasn't until they like redesigned things in 1948 that all those previous teams were added, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. But I, I think that that would be a lot of fun. Um, but in and some also, way, when, when, it needs to be there. When's the last time that, that that section of the cup, though, that had the Metropolitans on it, that when Got was the last time that Toronto? was actually in Seattle? Yeah. Or was it, or was it in Seattle? Probably. I mean, they, they probably yeah. have some story about this. He hasn't even been in the city of Seattle since 1919, you know, probably with yeah. the finals that didn't, you know, finish. There was no winner between right. them and the Canadians because of a pandemic. Um, yeah, no, it probably has not been in Seattle in over 100 years. And I think that that would be really cool. So I, I something along those lines has to happen uh, again. Yes, if it's if Vegas wins the Stanley Cup, maybe you just don't want the modern iteration of the Stanley Cup. But something like that has to happen, and I do think that it will happen. I don't think that whether it's the NHL or the Kraken organization that they're going to let this big national stage, you know, winter classic and what that all means go without talking about that Seattle hockey history. And that's the place you got to start with, right? Like that is the most important aspect, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I think that's really important and Again, we we've heard from so many kind of people around the league, you know, fans around the league yeah. that just assume that Seattle doesn't have any hockey history just because they got an NHL team this time around, uh, you know, so recently. Right. But there's that rich history there, and look, the Kraken have done a really good job of of displaying that history and mm-hmm. and showing people uh, who have you know been to Kraken games and seen Kraken games, but look, not every regular season Kraken game is an event that the whole league is yes. watching. So it makes it that much more important to do it here. And I think yep. um, there's lots of positive things they can do, even that they have already done, but that you might just need to repeat a little bit when the whole country's eyes are on you. Yep. And so building off of that, RJ, <laughs> comes my second idea. All right. Okay. And this is something I would just like to see um, just because I think it would be a lot of fun. And again, it's like, how often does the winter classic come out to the West coast too? Like, right. Like it doesn't, it's, this is always in Boston, Buffalo, Pittsburgh. It's always in these places like that for weather reasons. We know why. Um, but, uh, <laughs> I, I, I want to see players or people or, or family members from, from players from earlier from Seattle hockey history there to kind of represent that history. I'd love to see the families of someone from the Metropolitans there, whether it's like a Bernie Morris or Frank Foyston or somebody like that from the, that original team that competed for Stanley Cups and won, or, or Pete Muldoon, who, by the way, was 29 years old and nine months when they won 1917, is still the youngest coach or general manager to have won the Stanley Cup. So maybe a representative Pete Muldoon, uh, somebody there for them. But then all through history, right, all the stuff that we've talked about when talking about like what could a third jersey or a reverse retro look like for the Kraken or what could they pull from from a winter classic. You've got the Ironman, you've got the totems, you've got all sorts of hockey history in there. The other thing that I want that I think deserves to be there, and this helps with that argument, too, of all these people acting like Seattle and the Pacific Northwest doesn't know hockey outside of Vancouver there's five WHL teams that have existed for a very long time now, for the most part, all of them. And, um, you know, WHL sends more players to the NHL than any other league in the world. Remember that from my scouting days. I was part of the pitch yep. to the parents. Um, so, you know, and, and it's been a big part of Pacific Northwest hockey for a very, very long time now in the absence of the NHL and everything. And it does produce a lot of NHL 
players. And so I would love to see some alumni from each of the five Pacific Northwest WHL teams. I know it'd be awesome. You know, I get it, right? One of them's in Oregon. It's Portland, all that stuff. But I think it should be there to celebrate Pacific Northwest and specifically Pacific Northwest American hockey. I think is mm-hmm. becomes a big deal here. And of course, you're not biased at all in, in including Portland, are you? Not at all, not at all, not at all. Um, <laughs> we don't need to get into that. So this is where I want your help, RJ. Who should the alumni representing each of these WHL clubs be? Okay? So okay. for the Seattle Thunderbirds, we'll start with them, right? Start off with the big one there. Uh, Aside from Keegan Colasar potentially playing in that game for Vegas. Yes, I know, and he doesn't count. That doesn't count. He'll be in the locker room preparing to play a hockey game. He can't be out there for pregame ceremony stuff, right? Um, And you don't want him out there in a Vegas Golden Knights jersey in his pads celebrating Seattle hockey. Like, it just wouldn't work. So, Seattle Seattle Thunderbirds, RJ, I mean, Patrick Marlowe, like this one, it's got to be. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I mean, if, if you can get Patrick Marlowe to come out there, for, for sure, you, you showcase him big time. I mean, look, the most accomplished NHL player, for sure, to come out of the Seattle Thunderbirds. I mean, the all-time games played record holder in the NHL. I think he'd be a huge get, um, and I think the fans would love to see him, especially those – look – Seattle has, you know, down in Kent, they've got a great fan base who's been around for a long time, remembers a lot of things, especially with how successful of a season the T-Birds had this year. It'd be awesome to reward those longtime fans who remember watching Patrick Marlowe play uh, with him being there at that game. Yeah. Uh, You're also forgetting Shea Theodore is going to be on the Vegas Golden Knights too. So you have two Thunderbird representatives there. So uh, I don't know if we can avoid this. I know. I know. I know. That's that's kind of a rough storyline as part of all this, but it gets better from here on out. I promise. So, okay. Do the Kraken need to call up Alex true for this game? Yes. Go for it. Why not? Just counteract, counteract yep. the T-Bird magic on the other side a little bit. Yep. Um, so this, the next one is the is is the most, um, I was going to say, difficult to figure out, RJ, in part because the vast majority of their alumni are all current NHL players on other teams, which would make getting them there difficult. And that's the Everett Silver Tips. Okay? Mm-hmm. So, because they, they're the most recent uh, team, I believe, of, of this group. So, I, Peter Muller? <laughs> Peter Mueller, maybe. Maybe. Uh, I, I don't know. Kind of hot. I mean, <laughs> try, yeah. to, try to get him in from Philly. Just make sure the Panthers have enough of a break in their schedule that Rod Kogutis can, can come, come out. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's it's a tough one. Dustin Wolf, if Calgary's still just not playing him for some reason. <laughs> I know, but yeah, we can't count on that. How long can this guy stay in the AHL before he gets called up? Forever, apparently. <laughs> um shout out gilroy california (laughs) garlic capital of the world producer of dust awesome garlic fries sound good right now yep so i don't that's the one that i i kind of don't know really landon ferraro maybe maybe 77 nhl games i it's a tough one i think this is the one where you'd have to really try to somehow get a current nhl player um out there for it well, Gudis is a UFA after this season, so maybe okay. just sign him. Just sign him the Kraken. You can do it. There you go. You can do you it. Have, you have True from the Thunderbirds, Gudis from the Silvertips. Yep. Kind of counteract what Vegas has going on. Yep. So that that that's that's that situation. It's the like I said, it's the most complicated one. Now for the Tri City Americans, RJ, which is arguably the the most fun one to try to figure out here. Okay, because there's some incredible 
names that you can go with. Stu Barnes is on there. Scott Gomez be a fun one. Sheldon Surrey. Olaf Kolzig, maybe. Ole oh, the I love that. I, I really yep. like that one. And, of course, you know, Clayton Stoner, just for the Vegas connection, RJ. Oh, yeah. For, for, for sure. For sure. Remember that? Uh, oh, was that... Did, was that the Shea Theodore? That was the Shea Theodore move. Dumped... Yes, oh. yes. They were trying to get the Ducks were trying to get rid of Clayton Stoner, and so they gave him uh, Shea Theodore to take Clayton Stoner's contract off their hands. Absolutely ridiculous. We don't need to focus on it. Morgan Geeky though could represent from the Kraken just straight up. Oh, there you go. That's easy. Yeah. So. Okay, so if you just call up True, I know you have to re-sign him. Sign Radko Gudis as a free agent, and then. Boom! One, two, three. Morgan all right, Geeky. All right. So, so yeah, we're we're yeah. doing this so far. That being said, I I do want Olaf Kolzig to be there. I want Oli the goalie. Like that would be a lot of fun. And I believe still a part owner in the team. Um, so yeah, that, that also would be a good reason. Scott Gomez, just good that, to see him too. Maybe. Yeah, that'd be fun too if you had Kolzig there. You'd have the the two best German goalies ever. Yeah. In the building for that game. Yep. With the, him and Philip Grubauer. Yep. The only two that I think I could name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean there, there's thomas christ but we don't talk about yeah him. no we don't talk about him um all right so then we got the spokane chiefs ray Whitney, i guess <laughs> oh wait is tyler johnson a free what's his tyler, contract situation? i have no idea what the, i'm trying to you're just out how trying you to get this all happen on the kraken i uh, yeah i mean he's there um not a lot of not a lot of current NHLers. Okay, he's he's under contract next year at five million. That might be a little tough to fit under the cap. Yeah, just for the purposes of this one game. Yeah, no, it's this one's tough. I mean, there's there's some good ones though. I mean, like I said, Ray Whitney's up there. Oh Tri- wait, I know how to make this happen. You you see it? You ready? Yep, yeah. If I'm uh, ready for it, I thought about this too. I I think. Oh, do you, do you think we're going in the same place here? I think here? so. Yeah, go for it. Trade for Kaylor Yamamoto. Yep. <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Yep. I was just the Oilers looking, looking to get rid of him. Yeah. That's that would definitely be a way to do it. Alright, we've solved it. Yep. So there you go. There's the representative from uh from from the Chiefs. And finally the Winter Hawks RJ. Again, you've you you do it just have I'll, I'll, Bjorkstrand I'll on the, the roster. Floor to you, Dylan, here. I was gonna say you've got Bjorkstrand on the roster. Um there's Seattle Kraken legend Derek Pouliot. Could bring him back. Uh <laughs> need to he was fun to have around for a short time yeah you know it's, it's fine um you know but you know if, if espn wants to be involved at all you just uh go hey mess want to come in here mark messier let's go there you go i that's, mean that's uh, a, that's a good solution kind of be one marion hosa it'd be fun to see marion hosa again it's been a little while since since he's been you know out and about uh ray ferraro could just be a good time i guess for some yeah. for one reason or another um, I, I just think there's, there's some good options. Cam Neely. Let's talk about someone who hasn't been seen in a while. Um, famous, uh, great player there. So there's, there's some good options there, but I, I think, you know, if you're sticking with like trying to, trying to have current players and Seattle Kraken, Bjorkstrand is the player all the way. Oh yeah. Bjorkstrand, the instant representative there from Portland. Um, <clears throat> important. Who, who knows? We might even see, uh, Aiden Hill, depending on where he decides to sign. Yep, we don't need to keep focusing on the potential Vegas players that might be there, RJ. Well, hey, no. he's a free agent. He's going. Kraken just signed him as a third goalie. There yep. you go. 
Yep. There. Yeah. That, that'll work. Um. So it's uh. It's interesting. Oh man, this list is still listing Brandon Dubinsky as an active NHL player. Did he just never file his retirement paperwork four years ago when he retired? <laughs> You know, he's waiting to face Crosby in another playoff series. Just one more time. Just one last time. Um, But I just think that it would be important to to maybe, like, showcase not just the Seattle hockey history, but also the the hockey history of the Pacific Northwest and how responsible that it's been for the development of a lot of amazing NHL players over the course of the years. And I just think that that's something that, again, doesn't get talked about. I don't think it's something that um, fans of other you know, markets think about because look, the bottom line is vast majority of markets do not have something like the WHL near them. Right. Like that's just not how this goes. And so they don't even think about it. They don't know that it exists. And I think again, when you have the national audience paying attention, you have fans from all these other markets paying attention, show off what, what makes Pacific Northwest American hockey. Great. And a lot of that is what the WHL uh, the five teams have been able to do here. And, and, you know, again, I'm biased, right? I worked for one of them. I, I think it's great. I've always been into prospects, all that stuff. But again, the NHL doesn't happen without these development leagues, you know, existing for these players to live out their dream and develop and do all that kind of stuff. And I don't think the NHL does enough to acknowledge that fact all the time. And so I think at a winter classic where you are trying to show off the history of the area and there's not a lot of franchise history to go off of, it seems like the perfect time. Right. There's there's a deep well of hockey history there in, in so many ways, like you've highlighted. And I don't think the Kraken come to Seattle or exist at this point without those junior hockey fan bases and kind of laying the groundwork for, for hockey being as big a thing as it is in this area. And that's something I've really come to appreciate since moving up here. Um, and I just think it's really special and it, it absolutely needs to be highlighted uh, at that Winter Classic game. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I, I think that that's that's something I would do. And, you know, also, I mean, T-Birds, I know they went for it really big this year. Um, mm-hmm. Still still could have some, you know, OK stuff going next year. <laughs> yeah. You know what? There there will be some pieces left over there. They've got some good young players. I'm excited to see what what Scott Ratzlaff can do. Yeah. Net, too, as, as I'm sure Millich is going to sign with an NHL team. But yeah. um, they've got some good young players. I mean, it, Heck, they have an Aguila, they have TJ Aguila, yeah. so that'll be fun to watch. Um, and, you know, not all those guys are going to be playing in the NHL next year. A lot of them will, but not all of them. Yes. Um, so that'll be fun. And, and also, just I, we should shout out the, the Seattle Thunderbirds, yep. too, for their great run on the Memorial Cup, getting all the way to the final. Yep. Um, and uh, unfortunately, losing the Quebec Ramparts, I mm-hmm. mean, that that Quebec team was just something else. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know they, they deserve a lot of credit for that win. But great season for the T-Birds and just bringing so much excitement to Seattle, mm-hmm. to Kent. I mean, uh, watching that whole season progress has been amazing. We haven't had the chance to cover it as much as we would have liked, given yeah. a lot of conflicts with Kraken crack stuff. stuff yeah. <laughs> I know there's, there's been a lot of that. Um, but, uh, you know, to, to win, you know, a WHL championship, I mean, that's something that's just going to live on forever, mm-hmm. you know, in Seattle hockey history. And, um, you know, they deserve a lot of credit for that and, and we should celebrate them as well. Definitely. I mean, it's, this year has been so incredible, not just with the Kraken and what they've been able to do, but also the Kraken organization and what Coachella Valley's been doing. We talked about them earlier, but also for the Thunderbirds and what they've been able to do winning the WHL this year, going to the Memorial Cup final. Like These are not things that, that – the fact that they're all happening together, 
right? Like it's been mm-hmm. this incredible season for all of us who, who care about hockey and who care about um, the teams in that area and everything. Like it's, it's so incredible um, that it's all kind of happened together and that we've all been able to, to experience it all together too. Like that's again, the big, the big part of it for me. So really, really cool. Those are my ideas for the winter classic though, RJ. Let's make it happen. All right, <laughs> yep, make it happen. I have I have one that I want to add to, and a lot of it right. because I have I want um, feedback from people too, because it's more of a general idea, and I just want some some fan help. Oh, okay, hi Afra. Afra's got thoughts. All right. <laughs> okay, clearly, clearly, I haven't even I haven't even started yet. Okay, Afra, um, but uh, I think you have to get the Mariners involved, and I know the Kraken will. But taking advantage of the fact that you are hosting this at T-Mobile Park, I mean. That's going to be huge. Um, and look, one thing I've learned in a major way since moving up here, Seattle loves their Mariners. I, I didn't. I had they no do. idea just how much before I got up here. Because again, I'm more of a hockey guy. I don't really follow baseball all that closely. But man, I, I sure follow it more closely now. Because I mean, I, I, you just hear it everywhere. Everyone loves to talk about the Mariners. Um, and so I think you need to find a way to get them involved in this game of course it's going to be in their ballpark their season won't be going at this point around new year's um so they should be free uh, to come join at least some of the players if you can but i'm looking for interesting ideas i'd love to have um kind of some kind of like home run derby or something that you could do i was brainstorming before this with you a little bit um about maybe you know from the ice surface you have players try and shoot the pucks as far as they can see if they can get them you know, out of the outfield and maybe into the stands somewhere. That might be a little dangerous with pucks flying around. Um, you had a good idea. A, a three-member home run derby, like where each team, the Kraken and the Golden Knights, just select three people. Maybe you could even do it the day before, a couple days before or something, um, just to do a home run derby beforehand and just, you know, see yeah. what the guys can do. And you just take the volunteers. I'm sure there's like three players on each team that would like to do it um, oh, and test their skill. I mean, what, do you, what do you think about that? Well, and, and who wouldn't want to see that, right? Like, it would be absolutely incredible. Like, it would be so much fun to see these guys um, be able to do that and, and uh, show off some other sports skills. I mean, baseball is pretty popular amongst uh, hockey players as well. Summertime sport for them, off-season sport and activity for them, that and lacrosse. Uh, so I think it would be a lot of fun. And then, you know, talk Gary Bettman into putting a little something on the line, right? Winner of the home run derby gets to start the game off with a power play, something like that. I think it would be a lot of fun. I think it would be a lot of fun. That would certainly be unprecedented, but uh, that'd be pretty fun. And you know what? I'd be fine. Hey, everyone. Dylan here. So while we were recording, I experienced a pretty significant power outage. Um, so it interrupted the recording. The podcast was basically done anyway. We were just going to finish up that, you know, that little bit there and, um, go to the outro, um, got power back so I can record this and edit the podcast. However, internet is still not back where I'm at. So unable to get on the conference call with RJ and finish recording with him. So this is the outro to the podcast. Uh, thanks Queen Anne Beer Hall. Um, so gonna outro the podcast here. Apologies for, for everything. The rest of the podcast is all still good though. Thankfully OBS, you know, the recording was not corrupted or anything like that. So we got to keep everything that was obviously the, the biggest worry that we both had, uh, during all of this. So just want to say thanks everybody for listening. Thanks everybody for all the support. Thanks Queen Anne Beer Hall. And, uh, we'll catch you all next week on the deep dive. 
Hey everyone, before we go, we just wanted to give a quick shout out to all of our awesome patrons over at patreon.com slash emeraldcityhockey, especially our Terror of the Deep patrons. Absurdly Sane, Alex, Andrew, Anonymous, Ben, Burnt Krem, Kaylin, Chris, Cody, Connor, Coop, Daryl, Denise, DJ Singletone, Duthin, Eli, Elizabeth, Evan, Habak, Gaby, Gary, Gregory, Jay, Jane, Jeremy, Jessica, Joni, Joseph, Josh, Joshua, Keegan, Kepler, Kitty B. Kraken, Leanne, Blight, Lonnie, Mark, Maya, Michelle, Noah, Nori, Nunya, Paige, Paul, Rebecca, Sarah, Scott, C.A. Kraken, Sean B, Sean O, Sergey, Shoeshine, Skeletal Tendency, Steve, Steven, Striatic, Hasty Kobold, Team YMIAT, Tank Commander Ty, Wendy, Strife, and Zane. Thank you so much for making all this possible. We really appreciate your support.